the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, here we are, Tuesday night. We did a little, uh, we did a little Trump last night, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do a little today. But I'll tell you, here on a, uh, a Tuesday evening, I just came back from a bit of an odyssey today. Um, I took the nine thirty-five train to Philadelphia, and I went to um, the Philadelphia Federal Detention Center, and that was basically. That's the equivalent here in New York to the Metropolitan Detention Center, which is in Brooklyn. So unlike the jail I went to two weeks ago, which was in Phoenix, well, no, I flew into Phoenix, but then had to be driven two hours to Tucson. These are places where people um, are waiting to go to trial. <clears throat> so they are not convicted uh, of anything at this point. However, the person who I met there today was convicted and actually she lost her appeal um and she's just looking for some help and some representation so i took the uh the 9:35 this morning uh, i got there around uh, exactly at 11 and then took a very short cab ride to the prison facility and or i should say technically the jail facility um and it was um very similar to um the jails here in new york I've spent more time in jail the last two weeks than I have in, in quite some time. Uh, and um, it very much like the MDC, I had, after going through the metal detectors and there's lockers outside right in front. So you have to put your watch in there. You obviously your phones in there. I, I put everything in there. I put my Joe Hassan bracelet in there, my Fitbit in there, my um, my wallet and keys, everything. Uh, and then you go through two different kinds of metal detectors. They stamp your hand with this ultraviolet stamp. And I went in the back and um, I had um, I had Diana Fabi with me, my partner. Imran was supposed to um, come with me, but um, he's, God bless him, he's really, um, I don't want to say, he's just working really hard uh, on a bunch of cases and... He just couldn't make it. So Diana and I went and um, we met. It took us about, they took them maybe half an hour for our client to come down. And then it's just very interesting. Like, this is another person who has never been in prison, never been in jail in their life. And all of a sudden now they're living such a different life. And, you know, anyone who says jail is no big deal or, you know, people get treated too nicely, like, 
you haven't, you, you just don't know. So I'm just going to tell you a, a story. And then obviously we're going to talk about the Trump case because I'm a lawyer. I was in the courtroom yesterday. I spoke to Takapina yesterday, this morning. Um, we've been texting back and forth. Um, she told us this story. And I'm not going to tell you who the client's name is because as much as I talk about the law, I really tend not to speak about my own clients. Um, I will be on Fox 5 tomorrow morning at 8, 8 10 a.m., talking with Rosanna Scotto about the Trump verdict today. Um, I do want to talk to Diana Fabi Sampson about the Trump verdict as well, because when we got out of the prison after spending almost four hours with this person, with this uh, very fine woman, um, we as soon as we turned on the phones, when you get them out of the locker, it said that there was a verdict and I heard the announcement. But just for folks who say, oh, you know, it's jail, it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, they, they treat you so nicely. We were told a story about, you ready for this? Wrap your brain around this. The prison is divided into floors, right? I think they should, she said there's six floors. And some floors have men and some floors have women. And somehow or another, there are relationships between individual men and individual women. And the way they communicate is they have figured out a way to drain the toilet bowls from one floor to the other floor. And so that there's no water in them, but the pipes are connecting. And then she said, I think they use the, the bottle with his lotion and they speak through the bottles into the toilet bowl and they can communicate and hear each other and they can actually pass notes and stuff. I mean, it's amazing, but apparently there are people who do this really well and there are people who don't know how to do this whole toilet bowl system really well. And again, People who say, oh, jail is no big deal. We were told a story of how when this system this of communication through the toilet bowl does not go well, the toilet bowl overflows and it overflows into the whole unit. And there's fecal matter just like floating around the unit. And then sometimes it comes into your cell area. And she said this particular time, the guard was nice enough to let them out of the cell and give them cleaning products so they could clean it up. But there are times when... You're just sitting in your cell and there's just rotten, horrible sewage in the bottom of your jail cell where you're like sleeping. So let's just keep in mind that when we as a society decide that we're going to punish somebody by sending them to prison, it is no walk in the park. It's 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 horrible. Um, it's really horrible. I mean, people learn how to survive. People learn how to socialize. People learn how to, I guess, you know, use the system to the best that they can. But a, it's when you walk in as a citizen, you are so happy that you are, you know you are walking out. It is nowhere where you'd like to be. Um, Alex, I think I want to take um, a little break now, if that's okay. And um, then I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about the Trump verdict. Um, we have a clip for those of you who missed Mr. Tacopina on, um, on John Katsimatidi's show a moment ago. We're just going to hear a little clip that will play. I will weave in what I saw yesterday in the uh, courtroom. And then I'm going to have Joni, who's here, and Diana, who's here talk about this verdict from a woman's perspective um it's a complicated case um it's it's a meaning it's a case that took place many years ago 
um, the individual who made the claims is, was was somewhat of a celebrity at the time. Then her star faded, and then this brought her back into stardom once again, and I'm sure she's on a victory lap right now. So um, I want to hear, uh, I can give you a little legal analysis, and then I want to hear from a non-lawyer, but the executive producer of the Idola Power Hour, Joni, and uh, a lawyer, a one who is very opinionated. Um, look, she's already giving me looks. She's already giving me looks. Um, my boss here at the office, um, Diana Fabi Sampson. So thanks to Alex. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we'll, we'll talk about this verdict that's... Uh, all across you New York City. radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. All right, let's talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Planning for everything in the future is important, whether it be your kids' college education, your retirement. But what about when you're not around? What about if you're a little under the weather and you can't make decisions for yourself? Don't you want to plan in place? Well, the time to plan is now. And who's going to help you do that? The folks at Connors and Sullivan. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, proxies, living wills, your overall estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They know what they're doing. You know why? Because they've been helping folks just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you can visit them now for a no obligation free consultation with a lawyer. Call Connors and Sullivan today and schedule your appointment with that lawyer at one of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island, any one of those places. You just call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Okay, very nice. <laughs> That's, we're, we're back with Alex. Hey, Alex, why don't you say a quick hello? Good evening, everybody. How are we doing? How are you doing, Arthur? Good. So, Alex, how about this? If, like, we don't have any songs coming or whatever, why don't you just, like, give me a countdown, like, three, two, one. This way I, I know what's going on. Does that sound like a good plan? Yes, it does. Okay, I'm I'm very happy to hear that. Um, so, um, as many of you heard yesterday, or I'll tell you again today, I was in the courtroom yesterday, and I watched the closing arguments from both sides. Um, the plaintiff's attorney. I will tell you this. I don't. Both sides played clips, and 
obviously they're all going to play the clips that are best for their client. So the clips that were played of E. Jean Carroll, I will tell you, she did not sound like she was all there or she was playing with a full deck. She said some really wacky stuff. But when I at one of the breaks, when I spoke to the reporters in the cl- in the courtroom who I knew and whose judgment I value, they said she was a totally different person when she took the stand. She was much more measured. She was much more calm, cool, collected. I mean, she got emotional at times, but she was not that zany person we saw when she spoke to Anderson Cooper and on various podcasts. <clears throat> Obviously, the president had um, a couple of moments in his deposition that were not the greatest moments of his career. Um, and the plaintiff, you know, took advantage of those as well. Both sides did what they had to do. And, you know, I said, maybe there's going to be a hung jury here. There kind of was, because this is what you call a compromise verdict. Um, the plaintiff wanted rape, rape, rape. They wanted, they didn't care about money. The, the plaintiff's lawyer said, Roberta Kaplan said, this is not about money. So they didn't care about the money. And in the big scheme of things, the $5 million is, it, that I don't think that's really going to affect Mr. Trump's lifestyle. It may affect E. Jean Carroll's lifestyle. I'd be surprised if the, these lawyers even took their fee because they've done very, very well on other cases. In fact, they had a bench in the hallway, the plaintiff's team did, with it look, I thought it was a concession stand. I asked one of the marshals. I said, "Who? What, what's all that food and all those drinks? Are they selling things here?" He's like, "No, no. The plaintiff's attorneys they brought in all food and beverages for everyone who's supporting the plaintiff team, so that during the break you don't have to go downstairs. You could just go right there and have something to drink and something to eat." Um, so, but I will tell you, so the plaintiff said this isn't about money. And I look for you and I, five million dollars is a ton of money for. Donald Trump and his companies, I don't, as I said, I don't think $5 million is going to really move the needle. Takapina, at the very, very end, he said, don't call this guy a rapist. That's the worst thing you could call. Don't call him a rapist. And they basically kind of did the, the, you know, they, they, they split the baby. I hate to use that term, but it was a compromise verdict. So, Diana's going to chime in on what she thinks, but what I think is that they said, okay, these two people were together, he did touch her in some form or another, but we don't believe that he did what she said, which is pulled up her skirt, pulled down her tights, pin her against the wall, took out his private parts, inserted into her private parts. They didn't, because they, that would be straight up, but in penal law, I think it's 130, I forget what it is, do you know when it is, 130 something, uh, the rape uh, the penal law statute. So they said, no, he's not liable for that. <clears throat> um, the judge, again, this is not my opinion. I was in the courtroom for six hours. The judge didn't really insert himself much in those six hours. But over the last two weeks, again, people in that courtroom whose opinion I value and trust, they said the judge clearly had his finger on the thumbs, the, his thumb on the scales of justice in favor of the plaintiff. There was It wasn't even a close call. So um, the jury basically split, went down the middle. They said, okay, we're not going to go with this top count of rape, but we're going to go with the lower count. But, Diana, you had some pretty strong opinions. This is Diana Fabi Sampson. She's a member of the law firm here. She's a partner. She's uh, an avid writer here at the firm, and she's a very opinionated, um, sophisticated, educated, intelligent woman. Diana, get closer to the microphone <laughs> and tell us what you think. I think the entire thing is ludicrous. Um, 
allowed by a ludicrous statute that allows people to come forward 30 years later and just on their say-so. 27, 28 years. Okay. Um, say that something counsel. happened to them. And and now a jury of their peers is supposed to decide what? How are they supposed to decide who's telling the truth? What kind of evidence can a defendant faced with this kind of a late charge on their, you know, honor? And be how how is that person supposed to respond? How can that person marshal together the evidence that it would take to rebut the kind of presumption that is always follows from a woman getting on the stand and saying something like this. I mean, after being coached for God knows how long by her attorneys, I think it's disgusting. And as I don't think this, I mean, statutes of limitations were put in place for a reason. And, and I think it's really sad. The pendulum has swung so far to this absurd place where someone can come forward like this decades later and make this kind of allegation and, you know, and haul someone into court. I mean, obviously, this is only civil court, but it happens in criminal court now, too. And the stakes are even higher. And it's, it's just a, I think it's, it's terrible. Um, I, I think from- the verdict is ludicrous. Um, how do you a woman gets on the stand and says this man raped me and the jury says, basically, we don't believe you when you say he raped you, but we believe. Well, OK, if if she lied about that, why are we why are we giving her anything? Well, obviously, Arthur, Arthur's point is it's a compromise verdict, meaning it doesn't really make any sense. It's just let's all agree to dis. Let's just let's just, you know trade trade marbles here and come up with something we can all vote for. But it makes no sense. Okay, can I hear from Joan? You don't have to get mad at me. No. I, I gave you two minutes. This is radio. Okay, good. All right, Joan Pelzer, what do you have to say? And you don't want to, please don't agree with her if you don't agree with it. I find this very hard also. Um, this was 1996. Or 97. She's not sure of the day. Or 95 or 96. She's not sure if it was the end so, of one year or the look, beginning of the I year. I am all for women standing up for themselves, but in this particular case, and I don't know all the details. I didn't listen to everything going on in court the way you did, and I'm not an attorney. However, finding for her for half of what it is and not the other half does seem unreasonable in my mind. I want women to be able to stand up for themselves, but this time period to come forward after this many years, I'm not sure why. And this makes me so uncomfortable for the people that this is actually happening to in real time. It it just, it just really upsets well, so me. So, Diana, I... I want to finish. Wait. Okay, let me go go right ahead. You go. It's your There are a show. lot of victims. I know producer. victims from the 1980s, 1990s. To the, I, I know many people that I knew back then that were sexually abused or raped. And for, for people to come, I, I'm not saying that it's not true. I don't know what happened between the two of them in a closed dressing room in Bergdorf Goodman. I have no idea what happened. But what I am upset about is the fact that this if this keeps happening, what's going to happen to the people that have true rape claims? Are they going to be somehow not able to bring their claim? Well, in let me just interject. The I'm very at upset the, about this. At the summation, I think Takapina showed a clip of E. Jean Carroll when maybe it was uh, Anderson Cooper who said, you know, why didn't you bring this sooner? And she she gave some answer like if I brought it sooner, it would have been disrespectful. And basically, we're saying like to women who were 
who were really raped, like under a bridge or in, on the in, in the subway. It was a really zany, zany answer. Um, Diana, I want to ask you about the Molino um, uh, material that came in in this case. In other words, there were other women. There were other women who were allowed to testify that he sexually assaulted them. He forcibly kissed them, not raped, but forcibly kissed and forcibly touched two other women, which is double the amount of the claimant. And they allowed that Access Hollywood uh, video in where Donald Trump says, when you're a star, they it's like magnetism. They let you kiss you. They even let you grab their P word. How about the fact that the judge allowed that into evidence? I'm talking about from a legal point of view put on your legal and that's a microphone that you okay. have to it's i mean obviously it's it's the you know the molino issue is that this evidence first of all none of none of i mean the access hollywood tape is obviously it is what it is it's not a matter of credibility in terms of whether he said it because it's a video but as to other women's allegations they are, they they're not proven so it's just pitting, piggybacking other women who may not like him for other reasons onto this case and um, basically, the suggestion is this is the kind of person who he, who he is. And that's, you know, that's supposed to be improper. That's not supposed to be uh, probative of whether he actually did a particular thing on a particular occasion. Um, or at least even if it is probative, our laws is such that it's supposed to not be allowed into evidence because you're not supposed to prove someone um, liable or guilty of something by saying he's the sort of person who would do that. Right. But so, now we're allowing that. So That's another. Those just tuning in, the verdict, it took about three hours or so. And I said today on another radio show and I said yesterday, civil verdicts typically come in much faster than criminal verdicts because nobody's going to jail here. This is about writing out a check. Uh, on the rape count, uh, they found Trump was not liable. But on the sexual assault count, he felt they felt he was liable. Again, um, Diana had some cockamamie theory that they thought the touching was improper, but the sex was proper. Diana, I... Don't think that's what it was. I think that they so found. You're saying it's purely irrational. Could it's you come? Irrational. Could you talk into a microphone? So what you're saying is. I'm not saying it's irrational. Right. They're saying that she, in 27, look at the face she's giving me. Facebook people, look at this. Oh. They're saying they're saying in in 27 years, she uh, probably is exaggerating at this point. That something happened. That they were together. That he did grope her. So she's not really sure what happens anymore at, at this point. Well, don't forget there was there was a there was an expert uh, on the stand about oh you know and that could have by put on the by the plaintiff about why outcry takes so long. Sometimes those experts fly in the face of the person who put it on put put the expert on, and maybe they felt look something probably happened. We don't know exactly what happened. It's so long ago, but we believe that she did not make this up out of in the words of you and. Alan Dershowitz whole cloth. We didn't believe she just created this thing like Takapina was suggesting out of this law and order episode where number one, someone gets raped and number two, it happens in Bergdorf Goodman. Number three, it happens in the lingerie section. And number four, it happens in a dressing room in the lingerie section. That episode aired in 2012. She brought this out in 2016. So Takapina was telling the jury, Hey, she, you know, she heard this story. Her star had fallen. Uh, she was not, uh, you know, she was not a, um, a, a household name anymore. And this was a way to get her name back in the papers. And to some degree, they obviously believed Joe because, or went with what he said because they did not um, find him. You know, they didn't find her credible. I guess regarding the rape count. Yes, Joan. I'm raising my hand here. So this whole thing just—it 
bothers me because there's memory. Not only is there memory that you you've not you're not remembering this, but also the things we've heard. Trump talked about seeing a picture of her, thinking it was his ex-wife. The whole Billy Bush thing is all over the news. We all know it. Nobody can forget that that happened, that he feels he can do whatever he wants to anyone. However, that being said, it just, this bothers me for so many reasons because why now? It bothers me on both sides. You know, I don't think that this man is not guilty of many things, but why, and you can tell me legally, why one of these and not the other, if they believe that this happened, why was it not considered rape? I don't because understand they, but, but, this. Guys, this happens a lot of times. There, you, look, the Bridget Harris case was the case of a, of a young woman who cut off her father's penis and gagged him and he died. They found her guilty of manslaughter in the second degree. After we spoke to the jury, the jury said we were 11 to 1 to find her not guilty of anything. But there was one juror. I can remember where he was. He was an Asian-American guy. He was jury either 9 or 10 in the back row. He wanted murder in the second degree. He wanted the top count. They wanted her to walk. And he was not moving. He wasn't moving off his verdict. So they decided as a jury, as opposed to having a hung jury and doing this all over again, they said, okay, we'll compromise. And the lowest charge was murder in the second degree. So I'm sorry, manslaughter in the second degree, which was as low as probation, as high as five years. And so they compromised. And that's so this is a it, civil case, but, not a criminal. Yeah, but they case. could still compromise. They, they could still compromise. You got to use the microphone. And I do this know the judge asked the said. jury not to identify themselves. That was another thing. He didn't want them going and identifying each other. Well, he can't tell. Oh, to he recommended one another. recommended. He can't, he can't tell them what to do at this point. But yeah, they do that. Sometimes. He actually can tell them what to do at this point. Can he? So when I tried the Abe Hirschfeld case <clears throat> right before my case, Abe Hirschfeld had a hung jury in a civil case, 11 to 1 to convict on a tax charge. And when the jurors were dismissed, Hirschfeld gave them all an invitation to come to his house or his office in a week. They all came to his office in a week and he gave them all a check, I think, for $1,000. Because he said, this was for your time that you spent on jury duty. So now I'm about to start a new trial with him, a murder for hire trial. And the judge tells him, when the jury is discharged, you cannot give them any, you can't give them a job, you can't give them finances. I said, Judge, if they're acquitted, if he's acquitted and he's a free man, how could you, how do you have the power to tell him, a free citizen, what to do? And the, it was litigated all the way up, and there's the Hirschfeld rule now where if you're on trial or something, you're not allowed to give any benefit to a juror afterwards. Well, that's a different thing from what I said. What I said is the judge can't tell the jury that they can't speak to the press if they want to speak to the press. Okay. Oh, yes, that's to the press. She's yes, no, that's what I meant. He, they, they, he doesn't want them to. He recommends they don't speak to the press about who they are identifying themselves or each other. Right, because he's, he's trying to protect them from Trump. He's trying to make it look like Trump is such an evil guy. Uh, that Trump's going to, you know, identify them. Do you really and- think it's so one-sided? Do you really think that the judge was against Trump? The only reason why he had a fully anonymous jury to the point where the lawyers didn't know the name of the jurors, which was insane. I've never heard of that, was because he didn't want Trump to be able to intimidate them. So Trump, so Takapina finds out that John Doe is juror number three, and the, and the judge was afraid you know, like right now, mm-hmm. Trump will be texting out his name. John Doe is the one who convicted me or mm-hmm. one of the people who convicted me. And then there's right. going to be threats against him. Well, and so, I mean, I mean, the, the judge was trying. 
I guess, to have as, as fair and impartial a jury as possible. We have two minutes left. I'm going to give each one of you a minute. Diana, I want to hear your final words, please. I think Joan brought up something interesting, and I, will, I just want to expound upon it for a minute. I, the reason I'm so adverse to these, these claims coming years and years later is because I, th- I really do believe um, that memory is, fades, is distorted. And I think it's, it, it's important to know what did this person think about their interaction at the time? Exactly. Not 30 years later in hindsight. You know, I think that's it. And I don't think people really have a full grasp on maybe what they thought at the time. They, you know, we play tricks on ourselves. So that's really an important point. I actually totally agree with you on that. Why, what I don't understand is why would a woman go into a woman's lingerie room and allow someone to close the door with them? Not saying that this didn't happen and not not saying anything negative against Eugene Carroll. I just don't know. I would not do that. That is not something I would do. Maybe it's my family. Maybe it's the way Alan Roz raised me. But I know if you put yourself in a situation, something could happen. Not that she thinks that the store, you're in a department store. Would you think someone's going to push you into a lingerie room? Well, they would. Well, they would. They would I listen, wouldn't think they would. They but you would, never know. You never know. All right. Well, it's a Diana, hard, this is a hard case. For Diana, me, unlike, unlike Joni. I know you don't really like coming on the radio and doing this stuff, so thank you very much. Joni loves giving her opinion. You love to give your opinion off air, right? <laughs> Diana no, likes always. giving her opinion, and she's very... No, 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 no. <laughs> Diana loves, <laughs> loves giving her opinion. She just is afraid of the microphone. But, but you, Diana you... and I have had this discussion before about other cases yeah. that are similar to this, and... You know, it, it really does put a damper on other people sometimes. Oh, I'm All being right. wrapped. She's being wrapped. It's the end. It's later. the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Kevin McCullough, coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, Linda Perillo and yours truly go Travel Tuesday. And we will talk about everything from airline prices to best practices when it comes to tipping. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Make sure to tune in this and every Saturday at noon to hear the lead guy, Nick DeMauro, Executive Director and CEO of LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, speak with experts, educators, and law enforcement about important issues affecting you and your children. Catch the new show, Battling Drugs and Violence, with the lead guy on AM 970 The Answer for topical information and insights from experts waging the battle against drugs and violence in your community. This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me in Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like Stand With Israel. StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. All right, let's talk about Plaza College. Would you like a career in the legal field? Come on. Think about it. All we talk about here, well, not just here, everywhere you look, Fox, Newsmax, CNN, everyone's talking about the law, the law, the courtroom, the courtroom, the law. You could be in the thick of it without going to law school. You could be a court reporter. I'm telling you, you get so much respect and you make some serious dough. I mean serious dough. These, this Trump case, I'm going to guess, but just these two weeks, I'm sure... They made at least fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. The court reporters in two weeks—it's a lot of money. 
I'm not saying they don't work hard for it. Don't get me wrong. They want daily copy. It's X amount of dollars a page, but it's a real job and it's a great job. And you get you get a tremendous amount of respect when you're in that job. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. And the National Court Reporting Association has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E dot E-D-U. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. All right, let's talk about my friend Jason and Ray from Hemp Leaf because these are the products that I put on my body every day, and I really do. I jump in the shower. I use the black soap, which is very cool. It comes in this cool bottle, but it's a, a little bit goes a long way. They're liquid black soap. Uh, I then jump out of the hot steaming shower, and I put... I have like a choice of three different kinds of shea butter. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. But I'll tell you, even last night when I got home before I went to bed, you know, those of us... So yesterday, I don't even know. I was up at... By by 7.15, I had a shirt and a tie on, and I took it off around 1.30 in the morning when I got home. I slept four hours and 19 minutes last night. So, you know, that collar wears around your neck a little bit. I jumped up, and I uh, before I went to sleep, I threw on some uh, some of that shea butter. I put it all around my neck, and when I woke up, it was like any little red marks or abrasions were all healed up. So I want to thank those guys at Hemp Leaf for making me feel good. Uh, you should go visit them at www.hempleaf.com, www.hemplief.com. That's hempleaf.com. And you mentioned the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala, and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. All right, little stray cat. We got rock in this town, and two guys who you know are rocking this town from the east side to the west side. Um, they're two uh, very handsome men. They're, uh, one's been a friend of mine for many years, and, and now Tom Harris has been a friend of mine for a solid year. Um, and, you know, uh, they like to call me over here the quintessential New Yorker, but these guys are proving to be quintessential New Yorkers because they are both making 
New York, especially this Midtown area. My my office is literally, I'm across the street from uh, Fred Cerullo's Grand Central Partnership, and I'm on the other side of the street of the of Fifth Avenue. So I'm in Tom Harris's Times Square Alliance uh, crew. So welcome to the Author Idola Power Hour, Fred Cerullo and Tom Harris. Arthur, great Thanks to be back on your show. Thank you. Oh, Fred, I, I have to tell you, I had so much fun doing that remote with you a week ago tonight. It was just a blast. It was great, and thank you for coming out to Midtown East and uh, and just spending some time with us. And, and I know you know the neighborhood because this is where you're located, uh, but we had a great time, too. And um, some of the feedback I got from your listeners was all really positive. So happy to be back on the show and, and to join. Last time it was my friend and, and our colleague, uh, Rob Burns, from East Midtown Partnership. But I'm happy to be doing this with Tom Harris, my good friend from the west side of town. Yeah, we got. We have to figure out a way. Like, I don't know, we'll go on 5th Avenue or 42nd Street, and we'll keep crossing one <laughs> side of 5th Avenue to the other. We could be in Fred's zone, and then we cross the street, and we'll be in Tom's zone. Because, co- correct me if I'm wrong, Tom Harris, but 5th Avenue is right. Isn't that the dividing line between the Times Square zone and the Grand Central zone? No, I started Sixth Avenue, Arthur. And, and oh, wait a minute. Okay, hold on, Tom. You're me- you're messing up my whole head now. So who's in charge between between Fifth and Sixth Avenue? Because Cerullo Cerullo disowned me. He said I'm on the wrong side of Fifth Avenue to be part of the Grand Central Partnership. So who's got this this block between Fifth and Sixth? Brian Park. I, I don't know. I yeah, don't Brian think so. Park. You're on Forty Fifth Street. No, he's on Forty Fifth Street. So oh, I, Arthur's I, on I think you need a bid yeah, there's no Arthur is in sort of the no bid land on the on the west side of Fifth. Well, I guys, I have an idea. Fifth. Breaking news on, on AI Dollar Power Hour. I think we should go from like forty second to forty eighth, from fifth to sixth. It'll be we, we could come up with a name and Joan Pelzer, she should be the president of this particular the the what did you call it, the no zone <laughs> bid, the uh, the middle zone bid. And Joni can run the whole thing. Joni has my I'm vote. I'm ready, boys. Joni has my vote. Okay, Tom Harris, she tell me what's going on in Tom. Tom, tell me what's going on in Times Square. Times Square. I just left our DJ set. We have uh, DJ sets with Rash Bar tonight. So every night, Tuesday through Friday, uh, throughout the whole summer and into the fall, we have different programming. Today it's the DJ. Uh, tomorrow we have live music with Swing Forty Six. Uh, then we have jazz at Lincoln Center on Thursday and then dance with the Alvin Ailey extension on Friday. So from Tuesday through Friday, uh, Times Square is packed with these small scale performances. Wow. That, that you know, I love New York. I, I mean, just fantastic. Fred, what do you got for me? Tell me about a restaurant. Well, Tell me about something new that's going yeah, on. Let me, that's great. Let me let me just say this. I think what Tom just described is really um really the way that the business improvement districts are headed, which is about engagement and activations. Tom and I actually were together not an hour and a half ago to celebrate New York City Bid Day, which which we hosted here in the Grand Central Bid area in the plaza that we had the remote radio show. And last week um, we had uh, 
the, the music has become a very big part of our community as well as Tom just described what's happening in so Times Fred, Square. So, Fred, I just, Fred, I want to interrupt you for one second because my phone um, just popped up. That this, I know. And then, no, this is something that I think everyone here would want to hear. Headlines okay. of the New York Times George Santos is charged by federal prosecutors in New York. The first-term Republican, this came out 641, a minute and a half ago. The first-term Republican congressman's extensive lives on the campaign trail and questionable financial dealings were the focus of criminal and ethical inquiries. My friend Willie Rushbaum wrote the article. And so prosecutors in Brooklyn, so it's the Eastern District of New York, the charges come after months of investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn, which has been conducting one of the inquiries into Santos' financial encampment. Mr. Santos, his lawyer, and the spokesman in his Washington office did not immediately respond. I'd love to know who his lawyer is. So there you have it, folks. A little breaking news here. I didn't mean to interrupt Fred Cerullo, but uh, as you guys all know, this guy is a real, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, uh, George Santos, but uh, this will shake up. Yes, so that's a ni- that's the nicest. That's why, all kidding aside, I love both of you guys because you're both the consummate gentlemen. Fred, I apologize. We have three more minutes left, so you take your time, finish your statement. No. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was breaking news, and that's why I love this show. It's live. It's local. It's what people want to hear. They're in the car right now. They're home cooking their chicken yep. cutlets for their kids. But let's hear from Fred Cerullo of the Grand Central Partnership. Go ahead, Fred. Listen, all I want to say, Arthur, is this: that that's what live that's what live radio, live television, that's that's what live media is about. And, and your listeners want to hear that kind of breaking news. Um, and so I appreciate that very much. You never have to apologize. I was just going to say that, you know, we as business improvement districts, there are 76 of us. We're celebrated today by Mayor Adams and his administration. We had the Small Business Services Commissioner, Kevin Kim, out to the district today. We had many of our colleagues, Tom and myself, and many others from around different neighborhoods in the city, um, and and just really paying tribute to the kind of work, the community and neighborhood-based work that we're doing. Um, you know, things continue to, to improve, and, and there's really a positive trend on what's happening in our neighborhoods. And, you know, I'll just, I, I won't talk for the rest of this. I'll leave a little to Tom to kind of close up, because I know we're, we're running the clock out. But, um, you know, we look forward to sharing more information with your listeners about what's going on in our neighborhoods as we return to your show. I love it. Well, anytime, Tom, we got one more minute. You wrap it up. Thank you very much. Usually Fred can't say goodbye in three minutes. So it was good that he did. Whoa, ding, ding, ding. Here we go. East ding, versus West. Ding, Here ding. we go. Here we go. Round Here one goes go. to Tom Harris. Um, I'm used to that from Martha, but not you, Tom. <laughs> and he's taken my minute. You see this? He's taken my, the la- my last minute. So just That's to echo what Fred guy. said, central business districts and, and, and the, the small businesses in New York City are what make New York City great. And we really need to cherish them. We really need to support them. Otherwise, we won't have them. So today is a day to recognize the bid work, but the bids really just represent these business districts and how vital they are to the city. So patronize your local businesses, your local stores. Otherwise, we won't have them. I welcome this new segment here on AM 970, The Answer on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour, East versus West, or East Loves West, or West Loves East. How about that? Tom Harris, Fred Cerullo, uh, Times Square, Grand Central. We need someone from Rockefeller Center to complete the triangle, which my office is right in the middle of. 
and uh, I'm sure you guys can find someone from over there and really, really make this into a uh, Bermuda Triangle where the the Idala Law Firm is right in the middle of. Tom and Fred, thanks so much, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys sooner than later. Look forward. Thanks to for it. having me. Bye. All right, folks, we'll be right back with breaking news. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and it's that time of year again where we show appreciation to the ones who matter most. Why not make this Mother's Day a brunch to remember and your Father's Day barbecue the talk of the family? DR Catering can make your family gathering one of a kind. Want small and intimate? Let DR show you how to do it best. Had something more extravagant in mind? DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it reality. Known for their fresh ingredients, DR Catering takes pride in not using processed or packaged foods. You will get the homemade meal every single time. So call 201-673-7380 to inquire or email drizzo at drcatering.com. Again, that's 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. 201-673-7380, drizzo at drcatering.com. Boy, does that sound like me. Uh, <laughs> so that's pre-recorded. You know when they say portions of the show are pre-recorded? That's what they're referring to. You better not go anywhere because we're coming back with Luca Joseph Idala, who's on his way to the Yankee game. He'll give us a little preview on the Yankees, maybe the Knicks, and life in general. Um, Joe Piscopo, Steve Perillo, a dynamic duo. Special intimate trip, Rome, Sicily, only for our AM970, the answer, families, family members, October 18th, October 28th, October 18th, October 20th, Mary Mondiello's birthday, October 18th, setting sail for Italia. First, you go to Rome. These tour guys, I've done Rome with them. They get you in and out of all the most important sites quickly. But when you get inside, they give you so much information. It is absolutely memorable, the amount of education you get on these trips. Then you go to my hometown in Sicily, Catania, Taromina, Palermo. You're going to have a wine tasting on the foot of Mount Etna. You're going to go spend three nights in Palermo after spending nights in Taromina. I mean, it's it really is the best of Rome and Sicily. It's the first trip that I took when I was 12 years old with my parents, Rome and Sicily. It's the way to go. October 18th to 28th, be part of this special event. Call Perillo Tours, 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Today in 1974, Bonnie Ray played two shows at Harvard Square Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and her opening act for Bonnie Ray was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Rolling Stone critic John Landau saw Springsteen and wrote, I have seen rock and roll's future, and his name is Bruce Springsteen. And today, in 1992, Springsteen made his North American network television debut on Saturday Night Live with host Tom Hanks. Boy, by 92, he was already a superstar, but uh, I guess he had never done TV before. 
Bruce! Now, this nut job of a host is going to go see Bruce. We played Billy Joe a little earlier. He's 74 years old today. He's going strong. And um, I saw him recently, but I, well, not that recently, but I'm not allowed to go. Luca, did we go see Billy Joel together? We did. Okay. Who'd we go with, Uncle Chris and Julian? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not allowed back in there now because I'm suing Madison Square Garden, and that's a whole other story. I'm not allowed to go in there and see the Knicks. Luca, you know what's going on with the Knicks? I know that they're losing the series three games to one. Yeah, I watched. I sat here last night at my desk till real late. I was with Mike Jacarino watching the game, and... You know, they came within two, they came within one, they came within three, and then they would go down nine, they would go down 11, then they come back to, through, to within three, within two, then they would go down 11, then they would go down nine, then they would come, it was like a real, real seesaw, but they never, they never, if they had a lead, I think it was in the first quarter, it was about like a point or two, and it was not held for very long. Um, what are we doing now? What are we doing right after this show? We're going to the Yankee game. Yeah, who are we playing tonight? The Oakland A's. Now, I'm going to give you a little radio tip. Don't get mad at me. You, what are you eating, a Jolly Rancher? Yes. All right. So I have a big bowl uh, of Jolly Ranchers on my desk. So let me tell you why they're Jolly Ranchers. Because people don't really go for the Jolly Rancher. Like, they, they have it a little bit here and there. When I put other things in there, it, they're gone in a day. A day. Like, people come out. They don't come for the bowl. They don't come to visit me. They come for the bowl. So I've had, like... Caramels in there. I've had Hershey jelly Kisses beans. in there. Hey, well, jelly beans with Get a spoon; it. those disappeared. Luca, do you know anything about the um, the game tonight? Uh, I know that like that they're playing basically the worst team in baseball, right, and they won last night, right? Yes. Okay, so we're not sitting in our regular seats. Uh, my good friend Keith Kantrowitz, who you and I went and had dinner with him and and Paul Carlucci. And he met you, this was maybe in like February, March, and he took such a liking to you that he sent us these tickets. And I think they're really, really good seats. So the game, I think, starts at 7.05. So we're definitely going to be late. But hopefully we'll get there by the bottom of the second inning. And um, I think we're going to get some good seats. You hungry? Yes. What are you looking to eat at the stadium? I'm not too sure. All right, well, give me some ideas. What are you thinking? I'm thinking maybe like... A burger. What do what do I usually get when we go there? Um, the steak sandwich. There you go, the Lobel steak sandwich. It's on level three. I think it's on level one and level three. We're we're typically level three folks. Um, yo, Alex, what's up with the Knicks, man? You know, I just think tomorrow they have to literally rebound and figuratively rebound. That was the problem last night. They couldn't get one offensive or defensive board. And, Arthur, I, I'm nervous. Tomorrow coming into this one, I know it's at the Garden, but if they can't rebound, they're in trouble. And we saw that last night. Hopefully Thibodeau gets, uh, gets the team back together. But you guys are seeing something very awesome tonight. Aaron Judge is back. Oh, That's the news. Okay, I'm excited. So um, tomorrow, uh, while you're listening to Piscopo, um, turn on the TV at 8 o'clock and put on Channel 5 and look at Rosanna Scotto because my shiny bald head will be there. I got to let Marianne know that because now I can't drive Arthur to school, which is a bummer. And well, I can't drive you to school either, big guy, Luca. Okay. You understand why, right? Yeah. Because I have to be at the studio at 8, so you have to be at school in Queens at 8, so I can't be in both places at once. 
Yeah. You gonna walk? How are you gonna get to school? Take the you wanna take the subway? I'll take the bus, I guess. All right. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um obviously so I'm texting with Fox Five right now. They want me to talk about George Santos now as well as um as well as Trump. So um I got a little homework to do tonight. I have to give a credit to, um, I'm going to name, call him out, Ben Smith. He used to write for the, um, the New York Times, but now he has his own, well, he's part of a newsletter called Semaphore. And he asked me, let's see, when was this? Sunday at one o'clock. He wanted to know about anything that I knew about George Santos getting indicted. And I said, I didn't. Um, but he knew about it. And he had a good, got a good hunch. So good for him. That's great reporting. You guys should check that out. Semaphore. He's been a, has he been a guest on the show yet? I don't know. He's going to be. Well, let's get him on. And we got to get these Italian guys on too. John Viola and, uh, and then Sebastian, um, Levinson. And then, no, yeah, and then Sebastian Levinson, you don't need the chair, Joe, we got 60 seconds left. Um, Sebastian Levinson um, gave us some names of some people he would like us well, to Well, let's talk about the fact that on Friday night, you got an award that took three hours. Oh, yeah, I got this <laughs> Luca, Italian award. what did you think of Daddy's yeah. award Friday Poor night? Italian Consulate Leadership Award. It was very nice, but it was a little long, right, Luca? But it was yes. beautiful. It was beautiful. Luca was, was so proud of you, and Arthur. And then we... we uh, we went to the Columbus Citizen Foundation afterwards. We had a great meal. Luca, I'm telling you on the air, this Sunday is Mother's Day. You're 16 and a half years old. You're on your own now to take care of your mother. When I was your age, I took care of Grammy. I made sure I got her a card and I had a little bit of money and I got her a little present. So it is Tuesday. You have from Tuesday until Sunday to get mom a Mother's Day gift. You got it? Yes. Are you saying this on, on rat? There's millions of people listening to you. You, you got it? Yes. And grandma's too. Yeah, you can get something for Grammy and for Nana, all right? Okay. All right. Well, that's a wrap on a on a fun show today. We did the little prison talk. We did a little uh, verdict, Trump verdict talk. We, uh, we did a little East versus West, uh, Times Square, Grand Central, which I love that stuff. A little George Santos indictment. That is a full, well-rounded show. This is one for the record books. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be on... I don't know, someone's radio show. I'm sure I'll, I'll be on Piscopo, and I'll be all over the dial. We'll be doing Channel 5. And tomorrow night, we're going to be live. Thank you, Joan. We're going to be live yes. from Bobby Vans. Live from Bobby Vans. Tune in tomorrow. See you later, everyone. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.